Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This time, he's back again. He's looking. He is going deep for Quez Watkins, who has it and goes in for the touchdown. The strike to Quez Watkins. He hit him in stride for 53 yards. Second down and eight. Wentz in the end zone, taken down, lost the football, rolls out of the back of the end zone. It's a safety. Well, there you go. Says it all. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. I'm Glenn Mack now with my pal, Mike Sealski. Mike, I carefully chose those highlights. Yeah, it's good we didn't stack the deck or anything like that. <laughs> all right. Uh, everybody knows the big story. Tomorrow, Eagles against the Washington Commies down in D.C. <laughs> I only wish this game was here. That's the only regret I have. Uh, the, the story all week, and what we'll talk about a lot today, is Wentz versus Hurts. Yes, they will never be on the field at the same time, of course, but that's what the networks will be highlighting. It's what the fans will be looking at. It's where we open. Um, let's start with Hurts. Mike, because last Monday, 333 yards, spread the ball around, did a really nice job. His running remains incredible, not just as a scrambling quarterback, but as a as a runner, as he and Josh Allen are the only two guys, I think, who can run with that kind of power. Um, how do we feel about Hurts now is your opinion. I know two games are two games, and you know the, things can change week to week, but give me your snapshot view, Mike Sielski of what you're seeing with Jalen Hurts right now. I'm seeing what I think everybody else is seeing, uh, that Hurts has taken steps forward, both as a passer and as the orchestrator of the offense. What we saw against Minnesota was what we knew to be true already, at least on those two touchdown runs, was, as you said, his strength, his ability to fight through tackles. He seems to be very smart when he runs with the ball. Mm -hmm. He slides, he gets down. He generally, through two games, has avoided a big hit, at least not set himself up for one. He got hit right. a few times against the Lions late, but that wasn't his fault. And you saw what the Vikings did and what his running ability forces teams and opponents to do, which is, okay, we're not going to let him beat us with his legs. We're going to try to limit that as much as we can. So we're going to play zone and we're going to make him beat us throwing the ball which he then did. Um, you know, he was on point with his passes. The Eagles, I thought their wide receivers were excellent in terms of the way they ran routes against that defense, settling into soft spots, giving Hurts easy targets to hit. Uh, he's been very impressive through two games. Yeah, and only five incompletions all night. And, and part of that, 
as much as I can read it, and 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 I get this from listening and reading to people smarter than I. Um, the Vikings tried to stop him from running, tried to play his zone in order to curtail that. And what that meant is the Eagles receivers were wide open all night. So, you know, killed if you do, killed if you don't. Yeah, if he's going to continue to throw the ball as he has through these first two games, and again, he's not going to continue to throw the ball that way. He's been that good. Um, there's going to be a slight regression. That's the nature of an NFL season. But this is now something else that a defense has to guard against. It's not just, okay, if Hertz isn't beating you with his legs, you're in great shape because he's not reading defenses and he's throwing the ball late and all the complaints that people had right. last season. So far, those complaints, again, so far, don't have a whole lot of merit. Let's see as film is gathered and defenses start to adjust. Right, and you're going to play. Listen, the Vikings are a good team. You're going to play some tough teams. Um, but boy, he did look good. Um, just a couple little uh, stat notes that uh, touchdown run, the 26-yard touchdown run, where, man, he showed some power on that. It's the Eagles' longest touchdown run since Donovan McNabb had a 40-yarder in 2002. I remember that game. That was, a, I think, against the Giants, uh, where he just kind of, it was very similar to Hertz's run in that kind of went around the end, carried it like a running back, took off a field. And I think the most impressive thing about the 26-yarder that Hertz had on Monday night was, you know, Watching and listening to both Joe Buck and Merrill Reese, both play-by-play voices were surprised that Hertz kept going. That he got in, yeah. They that yeah. oh wow, he's still going. Yeah. And he's in the end zone. Yeah. And, um, that that was kind of cool to to hear. Through two games, twenty-eight rushing attempts, one hundred and forty-seven yards, three touchdowns, avoiding turnovers. And uh, I'll give you a this is uh, Dave Zangaro of uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia. Well, he pulled it off at Pro Football Focus, but so I'll give credit to both. He has 105 rushing yards after contact, which ranks 12th among not just, not quarterbacks, all players in the NFL first among quarterbacks. He's tough. Don't want him to do this too much, but boy, he's just doing it well. He's throwing well, he's leading well. It's yeah, we're whatever. Yeah, it's, 12% through a season, but boy, it is, it's good so far. The, the interesting thing to me about that stat, Glenn, is what it says about, and again, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but the Eagles' future with Hurts and how they view it, right? Like we spent all offseason talking about how they had positioned themselves so that if Hurts did not meet expectations, they could go out and yeah. draft another quarterback, right. okay? So if... But through two games, they are playing as if Jalen Hurts is still the nexus of their offense. So I wonder, maybe I'm wrong about this, and again, it's very early. I wonder if they are just looking at this and saying, we are going to maximize everything out of Jalen Hurts that we possibly can because we are positioned to replace him if we need to. What are you saying? I'm saying that if... They are running Jalen Hurts a lot. I mean, if he gets hurt, we can live with it because we have... They, they don't want him to get hurt. I'm not suggesting they no, want him to get I, I, hurt. Okay, go but ahead. But what I'm saying is, if he were to get hurt, we are positioned well enough to deal with that. Therefore, let us maximize him as much as we can. Let it, you know, We're huh. not going to keep him from running. We're not going to force him to stay in the pocket. Let Jalen Hurts be Jalen Hurts. And if he stays healthy and continues playing this way, incredible. Great. We will take it, of course. But... We're going to maximize it as much, you know, take everything out of it that we possibly can. And if something bad happens, we are positioned to deal with it. That's an interesting perspective. I mean, it's almost like you're saying the way teams look at running backs, which is, 
hey, we'll probably get five, six years out of this guy at most. Let's run him 300 times a year because that's what we got. And if we have to move on, we do. Is that what you're saying? I wonder if there's a little bit of that going on. Interesting. Okay. I wonder. I don't know. Is part I'm of asking. this that they look at it as, hey, we have the opportunity to be really good. That's so the other part. Not hold, don't put on the brakes. Right. Exactly. If this if this is the best team that we are going to be this season by having huh. Jalen Hurts play this way, then we're going to play this way. So you're asking me, will I take two years of Jalen Hurts in a Super Bowl appearance over six years of Jalen Hurts? And and who knows? Yeah. The answer is, of course, I will. darn right. <laughs> <laughs> Jalen, I wish you all the best. All right. In other news, now on to Carson Wentz. Against Detroit last week, 337 passing yards, three touchdowns, one interception, six sacks. I think five sacks were in the first half. Mm-hmm. That strip sack safety that we played. Um, well, you have a piece uh, in the paper today about how uh, Jonathan Gannon may scheme against Carson Wentz, which is basically you know this guy holds the ball forever, right? Yeah, look – the weak link or a weak link on Washington's team is their offensive line. It's not very good. Uh, and we've seen in Philadelphia what happens when Wentz plays behind a lot, an offensive line that isn't very good. That's what happened in 2020. It was the anomaly year for the Eagles. They were weak up front. And Wentz held the ball and committed turnovers mm. and did all the wrong things. So, oh, God, it, I would scream. Yeah. I, I mean, we all like, get rid of the freaking ball. Yeah. Yes. And... I think this game sets up very well for the Eagles from that perspective because what Jonathan Gannon wants to do, I think, is rush for and generate pressure from that. Well, the Eagles should be able to do that against this offensive line, Mm. which in turn allows them to put seven men back to confuse or, you know, complicate things for Wentz and keep receivers in front of him and force him to hold the ball, which is what you want him to do. I'll give you an over-under of... 5.1 5.1 combined sacks and interceptions and or Wentz fumbles. Ooh. 5.1, I'll take the under, but only Ooh, only, really? be, only because four combined fumbles and interceptions would be... No, I'm giving you sacks, too. Oh, and sacks. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, okay. So so sacks and turnovers. Sacks and Wentz turnovers. Oh, okay. Not the running back turns it over. Sacks and Wentz turnovers. Oh, well, in that, then in that case, no, I'll, I'll take the over. Six. Ooh, that's yeah. a win. Six. Eagles win that game. Absolutely. I think Eagles will win this game. I like it. I like it. So the other issue, of course, this is the first time Wentz is playing the Eagles, and there's a whole lot of – I've heard some people this week, some hosts and callers, like, come on, move on. It's We're mature. That's in the past. Why would we worry about that? No, you're a fan. This is a guy who was one of the most important characters in this franchise in the last decade, the last however long you want to go. Um he was almost the MVP the year you won the Super Bowl. You don't win the Super Bowl without him. But then comes all of the other stuff. I can't just like, oh, yes, well, hey, I wish him well. I don't care. I care. I care a lot. <laughs> of course I care. You have to care. Um, I want to play something. This is Wentz was asked this week in Washington, kind of looking back at his time in Philadelphia. I give the reporters down there some credit for kind of approaching it. I wish they had dived a little deeper into it, but this is him talking about, eh, maybe he's matured. Perspective changes when, A, you grow up, A, you know, you have you get married, you have, have a kid. You know, I think your perspective on life changes, on <clears throat> on your job, on work, on everything, and, and just, um, you know, I think there are there's always things I look back on that, man, I could have been better here, I could have been better as a person, as a teammate, you know, lots of things. Um, that, that you do take for granted. And so I think, uh, I definitely thank God for the experiences I've had, even though sometimes they're, they're dark or sometimes they're, you know, not how I envision them to be. But I think it's allowed me to grow uh, as a person, and, and I'm thankful for that. 
All right. So sift through the beginning and the end. But if you go into the middle, he says, yeah, I probably should have done some things different. It's as far, it's as much of a confession as you're going to get from an athlete like, I was a baby. I screwed up. And we're going to actually play another former Philadelphia athlete later in the show who doesn't approach that. No. Your take on what he said. Look, he, he messed up in certain respects. He just did. Um, there were conflicts with teammates. Uh, there was a sense of entitlement that settled in. My, my colleague at the Inquirer, Jeff McLean, has a terrific piece out this morning in which he relays an anecdote from Wentz's rookie season in which Wentz was driving to Lincoln Financial Field for, I think, a preseason game and missed an exit for Lincoln Financial yeah, Field. I got news. So have I. Yeah, and gets there a little bit late, and it's kind of dicey as to whether he's going to make it for warm-ups, after which point Jeffrey Lurie says, Carson will now have a police escort to and from the stadium. It was the first time Lurie had ever done that for a player on the Eagles, and it's kind of the starting point for the creation of kind of a monster. Oh, that's uh, interesting. You know, in terms of entitlement and thinking you're the center of the world and all that kind of stuff. And so... My feeling on the Wentz situation is it's a it's a good lesson for franchises in Philadelphia in terms of understanding really what kind of athlete can thrive here. I think the Eagles looked at Wentz and saw North Dakota. They saw Hunt's own food. They saw Guy Wears Levi's. And they thought, that's a tough kid. He will be able to handle Philadelphia. And as it turned out, within two years of signing a major contract extension, he didn't want to be here anymore. He couldn't handle it. And yeah. I think that's instructive for teams. you got to look below the surface here to find out exactly if a guy can handle playing Okay, here. and I don't know if I uh, attach geography to it, but I, I hear what you're saying. Um, to me, it's that, and, and yes, the way you lay out his personality and traits, I thoroughly agree. I don't know if I ever liked a player more and felt more betrayed by him. And I felt that when that he could not handle adversity, um, and he quit on the team. And he just quit on the town. And we, and we never got an explanation. He just kind of totally bailed on the whole thing when everybody had invested so much in him, from the Eagles to the fan base to his teammates – and he's just like, nah, I don't like the way you drafted this guy. I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm quitting. And, I, and and God, that bothered me. I, I don't feel betrayed as much as I feel puzzled as to why he couldn't make the changes in his game that would have led him to greater success. Well, that's a two-part question. So there's the game. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Agree. And there's the, the guy. Yeah. It's I, the quitting. I, I will take physical failures uh, ahead of... His mental, I don't know, failures, but his, again, is just bailing out. Yeah. You yeah. quit. You bailed. He's a he's one of many thoroughly modern professional athletes. We've seen this time and time again. Again, we're going to talk about one later in the show uh, who say, you know what? I don't want to be here anymore, and I have the power to go somewhere else. Uh, yes, you're, you are correct. And, and my um, exposures with him, my, my contacts with him were fairly limited, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I interviewed him twice and once was with somebody else, and it's, you know, you get that. You don't get much. The one thing I'll always remember about Wentz, and when I told you this story before, and I thought he was a good guy, and I thought this is the mark of the man, which is, I used to do a, um, a webcast down at the Eagles twice a week, and so I went down there, and uh, Dave Spadaro was there interviewing Wentz for uh, the thing, and it finished, and I just remember when it was over, Wentz, young player, might have been the Super Bowl year, walked around the room 
and personally walked up to every cameraman, every producer, everybody in the room and said, thank you. I appreciate your mm-hmm. time. Thank you. Thank you. And you know most athletes, if they do something like that, as soon as it's over, their eyes are at the door and they're gone and they don't talk to anybody because right. they don't have to, right? And they're, mm-hmm. maybe they're just in the zone. It impressed me that this kid took the time to realize that these people there who are not making a lot of money and were excited to be in the room with him, and he gave them each eye contact in a story. I thought, oh, this is a good guy. And I was so wrong. <laughs> and that's what bothers me is I was so wrong in reading the man. Yeah. Here, here's the spin. I don't know if spin is the right word. Here's the perspective I would put on that, though, Glenn. When we think, I think there's, a, there's a, an expectation from the public about professional athletes that has existed for a long time that when an athlete signs a long-term contract with a particular franchise, that that is a show of loyalty to that franchise and that city. And what's changing in that dynamic, I think, is athletes now say to themselves, I'm the one with the power now. I have the contract. I have the contract. So they got to kowtow to me a little bit. And if they don't do what I want in the way I want it done, I actually can force their hand. And I think that's what happened with Wentz. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, real quick, I just want to work in the Philly. Second straight night, they beat Atlanta coming off that five-game losing streak. Great job by Nola last night. Nola's been good in seven of his last ten starts. Maybe we get good Nola in September through September. You know, I I know it would do a lot for your nerves. It would. Your gastrointestinal (laughs) situation, all of that. My gastrointestinal's fine, thank you. But, you know... (laughs) Uh, they are now 83-67 and 67 with 12 to, uh, left to go. They're a half game against the Padres, I think, now, uh, who lost last night. So the Phillies jumped ahead. They're two and a half on the Brewers, who won last night. Coming down to the final weekend is what's going to happen. Um, and they play, the they're on they're the road after tomorrow for ten, the final 10, which I don't like, but no. whatever. Today, Bailey Falter, 5-3 and three against Kyle Wright, 19-5. and five. So, okay. Here's here's my reason for optimism right. if you're a Phillies fan, very yeah. quickly. Yeah. Bryce Harper is not hitting right now. Yeah. Which means he's going to hit eventually. Yeah. So, okay. keep it's that good. in mind. Okay. Last thing, I'll sneak in a caller here, too. This week, uh, we give away, as always, a $50 gift card to Shy Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Check out their throwback apparel at their center city location or shybesports.com. We have a great Shy Sports throwback moment coming later in the show, but uh, the best caller of the day, as judged by Moshe Kravitz, gets the $50 gift card. Let's sneak in Ryan here. Good morning, Ryan. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? All right. Great, Ryan. Good. I'm actually in Delco right now, going to visit my uh, buddies at Temple. Where would you rather be than, than but, Delco? Uh, anyway, greatest. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, the defensive line and stopping the run because I'm not really concerned about the offense that much. It, like the whole Dalvin Cook thing with Minnesota, that was great, but that was a total miscue on Minnesota's play call. And then you look at DeAndre Swift, who's definitely one of the best running backs in the league. Mm-hmm. And they really couldn't stop him. They gave, they gave some really big plays up to them, and that makes me worried later in the season. How are they going to stop the running backs? Well, I don't think they're going to have to worry about it too much this week because Washington kind of struggles to run the ball. Um, and Oh, yeah, they, they're garbage. They're yeah. dog water. Um, <laughs> and, and to be honest, Ryan, you know, while teams may look at that Lions game and say, okay, we can gash the Eagles with the run, Teams in the NFL, very few of them are inclined to do that, I think, where they say, okay, well, we'll just we'll run the ball down a team's throat because they can't handle it. Um, teams in the NFL want to throw the ball nowadays. You know, nine out of ten of them do. So um, is it is it great that the Eagles struggled against the Lions that way? Of course not. But um, I think we got to see yet, and I think uh, 
as I said, Washington is going to struggle. What their leading rusher, Antonio Gibson, is averaging 3.1 a carry. It's, mm-hmm. it's not much of a, a danger to the Eagles, I think. Oh, no, but I'm, I'm more concerned about, like, come playoff time when we're facing, like, teams just all around the league that are going to have uh, that strong cold, running back. Cold weather, because, January, because NFC, callers, football. I yeah. hear you. I think you, I, I kind of agree with Mike. You're worried more at this point than you need to worry about that. My biggest concern is the pass rush right now. Yeah. Just, they got to generate a pass rush. 215-592-9494. We will definitely get some calls in the next segment, whether you want to talk about the Eagles, the Phillies. I see uh, Jerry's got some Phillies thoughts uh, or whatever is on your mind. We are going to run the gamut today. Big highlight, 11 o'clock, Mike Sealski. What's happening? Charlie Manuel love is going to be joining us. Oh, I love him. He's like he's my favorite person to talk I, to. I have a great anecdote about Charlie. I don't know if I'll share it while we're talking to him or just after. Right. But I love it. There you go. 215-592-9494. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack, now on 94 WIP. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Joseph. Awaits the whistle. He approaches the football. He kicks it. It is high and it is short. Coming up quickly is Watkins. It bounces in front of him. He picks it up at the 10 and gets to about the 15, maybe the 17. That's it. That was a short kickoff, I feel, on purpose. And there was nothing he could do about it. The Eagles are deep in their own territory. Yeah, very strange. Yeah, there was something he could do about it, Merrill. He could (laughs) have run with the damn thing. Uh, why do we play that? I mean, the Quez Watkins touchdown was certainly much more exciting than a Quez Watkins four-yard kickoff return 
to my, the 18. Glenn, it depends on your definition yeah, of exciting. I know. So that was played because Mike and I have our stupid football bet this year, which is essentially based on field position <laughs> and putt and kickoff returns, thus stupid. Do uh, you remember? Can you lay out the parameters quickly? Sure. I believe it was um, anytime the Eagles did something <laughs> uh, poor on a punt return or a kickoff return, don't return it. I think it's kickoffs past the twenty-yard line. Correct. Um, punts Mu- beyond the forty-yard line. If they muff a punt, something. No, if it, any any no, not beyond the forty. Punts that are muffed, muffed, you and get a fumbled. point. For, yeah. Yes, and fumbled. Yes. Yes. And when it's good, you get a point. Yeah, essentially, which has happened once. And yes. you have four points after week two. Man, I got to start saving up for dinner already. Glenn, I am not one to gloat or <laughs> count my chickens before they're hatched. Yeah, but. Um, I like to take it one game at a time, one play oh, at a time, and shush. the good Lord willing, oh, things God. will work out. Yeah, well, they're working out for you so far. Um, I mean, I, again, I don't want to talk about this long, but if the guy pops a ball up to the 14, just run forward with it. <laughs> what is Quez dancing? And he did it twice, by the way. You got two points on that this week. Well, look, I, I can neither confirm nor deny that each time I walk into the Eagles locker room during the media availability sessions, I am greasing Quez Watkins <laughs> so that I can win this bet. They've been so bad on returns for so long. Yeah, it ain't good. No, and it it's, it's going to cost me dinner for four, you, me, and two producers at a site which is yet unknown because I haven't figured out who, who I can... Yeah, and what's interesting about it is that it's not as if Nick Sirianni and his staff aren't aware of the issues. In fact, Sirianni talked about it on Friday morning. I do pay attention to that, and so that's a, that's a combination of, yes, just the return yards, you know, the um, you know turnovers, all, all different sorts of things, and so... Um, you know, because that is important. You know where you're where you're getting the football, and and I don't spend too much time on that because I I I know that changes throughout the week, um, or part of me throughout the year. Um, but yeah, no doubt. Do we want our you know to be able to create explosive plays with our return game? Um, and and I'm confident in what we're doing as, right, okay. as far right, as how right. we're so doing blah, it. Blah blah blah. Just do it, Nick. Just do it. Hey, I'm confident in our return game. Give me something, Glenn. Take heart. Yeah, they have heard your pleas <laughs> and they are working on it. Yeah, that's good. I get points for punt returns over 20 yards. Good luck or kickoffs that where you get field position past the 40. Right. The only one I got was when the Vikings tried an onside. Hey, man. I need help with this return game. All right. <laughs> Sounds enough. like Sirianni's on your side, though, Glenn. I'm sure he would like me to win. would like to see him make some changes that facilitate that. Glenn is going to come out for the firing of Michael Clay, Eagles special teams coordinator. Well, he's not helping me. That's for <laughs> sure. Jerry in Newcastle. Jerry, you're feeling good about the Phillies, eh? Oh, yeah, guys. How are you guys doing this morning? Great, Jerry. I'm a, I'm a truck driver. I talked to you last week. Glenn, you, you badged me because I, I nicknamed myself Nails, but it's Nails 20. Oh, uh, Nails, yeah. Remember? Remember, the, remember Jer- Nails? Jerry, the rule right. still applies. You cannot give yourself your own nickname. That is yeah, against I, the rules. Mike, I didn't. It was given to me when I played softball. Oh, uh, we need evidence. That, All right, Jerry, okay. I don't want to talk about uh, your nickname. Let's talk about the Phillies. Okay, here we go. Um... We're going to be in the playoffs, no doubt, okay? Um, I want to know from you guys, who do you think the three starting pitchers are going to be? Okay, good question. Besides, besides but I got two other points when, I'm, when you guys uh, That's fine. All right, I think this is a pretty easy question. I think it's Nola, I think it's Wheeler, and I think it's Ranger. 
Yeah. That that's my thought too. I believe that I believe the same thing. Now the order oh, yeah. the order you can debate. My Sunday partner Jody Mack wants to hold back Nola or Wheeler for game three. Really? Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. That's uh, that that's kind of tough. Yeah, I, that, I, I'm not with Jody on that, but I you know I gotta I'll let him explain his position next time I see him. The, the other thing, I, yeah, I, go ahead, Jerry. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Keep going, Mike. I'm no, sorry. I was just going to say, once the playoffs roll around, too, the other thing you have to keep in mind is that you're going to have to have and probably end up using starters in relief. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a guy like a Bailey Falter, for instance, may have to come into a game in the third inning or mm-hmm. a, a Noah Syndergaard to pitch two or three innings because it's do or die every game. Yep. All right, what else you yeah. got? Okay. To your you haven't got to the segment yet, but what? But your what are you watching segment? Yeah. I watched a documentary on Netflix last night about Nolan Ryan. Oh. It was it was phenomenal. You, you guys, you guys got to watch. You may it. be it's jumping, happy. Mike Sealski, and thanks for the call, man. We'll talk to you next but, week because. I think you said that's uh, that's that's in your queue to be watching for next week. I, I actually watched it last night. I, we, I wasn't going to talk about it today because we already have something for what we're watching that mm-hmm. we're going to kick around. But I did watch that documentary as well, and I will save my review of it okay. for next week. All right, I, I'll try to catch it this week. Uh, David in North Philly. Hey, Dave, how are you? Hey, what's going on? How's your sister doing? Oh, she's good. She's good. Give her um, my best. <laughs> She's working. She Good. actually, um, she actually asked about you because my mom did a peach bourbon baked bean. She made the sauce and everything. Ooh, wow! And around this time of year, it's supposed to be good. But I'm not, I'm not a bean person. But I put the sauce on steak, and it comes out amazing. Oh, you're living large, man. Dave, can you can you ha- have your family ship a quart of that, please, to 24th and Market Streets? I don't have to have it shipped there. Usually, I was ex- I made deliveries to Twenty Fourth and Market uh, three times in the last three weeks. Well, if, if it, ha- if it happens to be on a weekend, we'd love it. Um, let's talk Eagles. What are you thinking? All right. Well, the the you, you mentioned the, um, the pass rush. They had two sacks. I think one of them was negated by the face mask penalty. And the part of the pass rush that didn't actually get home for sacks mm-hmm. is what's causing some of these turnovers. Mm-hmm. So I'm ex- I mean, I, I mean, obviously you want to see the sacks. It was but- better. It was better. I'm not fully confident yet that this is a team that can consistently generate a good pass rush. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I want to see more tomorrow. Sacks. They I'm, will. I'm not. I'm not a fan overall. I'm not a fan of you know the the hurries and stuff. I, I mean, again, I'm 42. I grew up with Reggie and Clyde. Yeah. Even if you go forward to William Fuller, these guys got 12, 13, 14 sacks. Yeah. I like to see that just because. But the turnovers. I mean, last year and even a couple of years, they weren't getting the turnovers. You All know, right. I got a um, trivia question for you, and I'm 90 sure. percent sure I'm right. I probably shouldn't ask you if I'm not 100. Who was the last Eagles player to have double digit sacks? Uh, probably Connor Barwin. Oh, you're so good, Dave. Wow, good yeah. job, Dave. Yeah, yeah. It's like I mean, I'm. Uh, we're you know we're a defensive city. We love the we love the Always team. Have. We love the big plays, but the, something about taking the um taking that edge to the other team, especially. I mean, Darius Slade did it with the pick six last year. You make that pick six, even well, even last game. I mean, they were yeah. in the red. Yeah. So I'll ask you. I'll ask you. What I, I'm going to give you the number I gave Mike. Okay. And I, I, five and a half is the number. Yeah. Over under tomorrow, Dave. Combined Eagles sacks plus Wentz turnovers. Under. 
Under. Wow. Ooh, I don't like under. I don't like under either. I think I think it is an over. And it's you know, Dave raised an interesting point about the way the Eagles played defense against Minnesota. They blitzed much, much more than Jonathan Gannon usually does, something like twenty four percent of the yeah, time. Yeah, they did. They're not gonna have to do that in theory against Wentz, as we said earlier, because they should be able to generate pressure with just four men. Yes. Yeah, I love the way it's like, yeah, Wentz, you know he's just gonna he's just gonna stand, stand back, back there and look around and then and drop the ball. <laughs> He's or, or shifted from his right hand to his left and try to throw it out of the end zone. Oh, and, that was the all timer. Oh man, that was yeah. Very complex. I I, I I got other questions about Wentz. I want to ask you as you go on. Uh, we'll take some calls two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. And Wentz wasn't the only former Philadelphia athlete who broke your heart who had something to say this week. We'll come back and play you something that I just find entirely mind boggling. Don't forget Charlie Manuel at eleven o'clock. 215-592-9494. Mike Sielski, Glenn Macnow, 94, WIP. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. With Mike Sealski, I'm Glenn Macnow, 94 WIP. Charlie Manuel at the top of the hour. Eagles football tomorrow. I'll be doing pregame starting at 10 a.m. with Ross Tucker, Joe Giglio, Merrill Reese, cast of thousands. Uh, looking forward to that one as the Eagles go down to Washington. Take on the commies, Carson Wentz. Let's get Clay in Kansas City. What's going on, Clay? Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl, are you seeing it? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, I called the show last week. Yeah. Um, told you that uh, I wasn't worried. And I'll tell you, I think Gannon juiced up the pressure a little bit. Um, if you remember back when we had Trotter, we were very successful with that A-gap blitz. Loved it. You know what I mean? Oh, I loved and, it. He would just bust up rushing plays before they even began. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so to me, I think Gannon has seen the light a little bit. I think he's got the speed and the talent to bring that pressure up the middle. Um, I'm telling you, Carson, um, he, he's going to give – I mean, I like the over bet. I'll put it to you that way because he's going to struggle this week. That that offensive line, not too great. Um, Carson is going to make some mistakes. Um, I, would lay the, I would lay the six and a half at this point. Did you see how that game opened on the line? And how it shifted so yeah, quickly. Was yeah, it was four, right? It mm-hmm. went to six and a half? Yeah. yeah. Yes, it did. Actually, I heard it opened at two. I think um, it opened at four. But whatever, it moved. For a line to move two and a half points is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, Glenn. I, I, and listen, I'll listen off the air, but the, one more thing. You know, I'm, I'm a Midwest guy. You know, some guys just aren't cut out for Philly. you gotta have a, you got to have an edge, you know. And Carson didn't have the edge, you know. Nick Foles, even though he was kind of a religious guy, for some reason, he kind of still had that edge to him, you know, and Jalen has that edge. So I, I do think that's the big reason. I don't okay. want to hear you, Will, on Mike, Carson you, Wentz. 
All right, th- and, and thanks. I appreciate it. You kind of came in with the Carson Wentz wasn't fit for this town, right? So, yeah, th- I think like that's Foles how it shook out. was, Carson was. I don't, like, what am I seeing from one that I'm not seeing from the other? I- Only that... One of them won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call. I wouldn't say that Nick Foles has an edge any more than I would say that about any professional athlete. They all have an edge to a certain degree, or else they wouldn't be professional athletes. I think Nick just thrived in Philadelphia in large part because he had a sensibility that allowed him to handle the pressure here. You know, very religious guy, very grounded, um, was playing for coaches in Philadelphia who at the time gave him an advantage. Chip Kelly was the brand new thing in 2013 when Nick Foles throws 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. Mm-hmm. Doug Peterson and Frank Reich revamped the offense for the playoffs in 2018. Yeah, that was Be- really, that was, they do deserve so much credit they, for that. They really do. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you go into a Super Bowl against Bill Belichick where you actually have the strategic advantage because he doesn't have any game film really to study. Yeah, it's true. Um, so I think that's part of it. I don't think necessarily the Foles-Wentz comparison has as much to do with edge as it does I agree. Other but you said all athletes have edge. You know who may not have edge? Ben How- Simmons. Uh- <laughs> okay. Thank you for the transition. Not only does Ben Simmons not have a jump shot, he does not have edge. He does not. So Ben Simmons sat down this week with J.J. Reddick for Reddick's podcast, and I, and I opined on social media that it was like this most softball interview since, what's his name, Stuart Smalley. Yeah. Right? Ben's good enough. He's smart enough. And doggone it, people do not like him. No, they do not like him. And and I got some people said, like, well, what are you expecting from J.J. Redick? He's a colleague. He's not going to do it. And that may be true. It may just be that I want Ben to be asked those tough questions, and so it didn't come up. But the way earlier we talked about Carson Wentz in that brief cut earlier this week said, you know what, I've grown up some and I should have done some things differently, and I was wrong. Ben Simmons talked about his relationship with Philadelphia. Well, here it is. People in Philly just want to have something to say about <laughs> anything, man. Like everything, like literally everything. You know, I post a picture of a car or a dog. I got reporters saying you should be in the gym. Like, come on, man. But yeah, for sure. Philly is obviously a, a, a sports city. Um, and my experience playing there was incredible. Like for the most part, it was incredible. I had a great time. Like right, fans are unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I still have an apartment there. So I do own some real estate in Philadelphia still. <laughs> So, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm part of Philly still. Oh, shut up. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> Glenn is not having it. No, he's part of Philadelphia still. He never was part of Philadelphia. Um, he, and, and I, and I, oh, God, I listened to this whole damn interview, right? You're better than I am. Yeah, and I did. I did not. At no point during this podcast does he ever say, yeah, I probably should have done this differently. Well, the only thing he says he should have done differently is he probably should have dunked the ball. But if you look at the play, the, the Trey Young was right on me. Uh, who knew at the time? It's the okay. But at no point does he ever say, I probably should have grown up or I probably should have handled that differently or maybe, you know, I should have um, been more mature about something. The what he his bottom line in the end is he says, Well, it all worked out because now I'm in New Jersey. Now, not New Jersey, excuse me. Now I'm with the Nets. Yeah. And this is going to be great. Yeah. And so it all, it's like, that's his answer. Yeah. Look, what I said about Carson Wentz earlier in the show applies to Ben Simmons. Once Simmons signed that contract with the Sixers, he understood, he and his agents understood how the the dynamic of power had shifted. Simmons had the power now. And if he didn't like what the Sixers were doing, he could go somewhere else. And he was willing to 
be perceived rightly as a jerk for wanting to get out of here. I actually spoke with somebody who used to work for the Sixers this past week, and I was talking with this person about Simmons, and I just said, you know, there is a part of me that wonders, like, how someone, how an athlete could be this tone deaf and this selfish and et cetera, et cetera, and this former employee said to me, Mike, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Yeah, right. The old Maya Angelou. Excuse me, it's the Maya Angelou. Exactly. And I think that's what this comes down to for Simmons is that he is the consummate example of an athlete who wants everyone to kind of bend to his feelings, his whims. Uh, You know, we, we talk about certain athletes in these terms and sometimes it doesn't apply. But, man, it, it applies all over with Ben Simmons. sure does. Jeff in Wilmington, what's on your mind, Jeff? Good morning, gentlemen. Hey. Hi, Jeff. Okay. Uh, you mentioned Bryce uh, being cold, and it's a comforting fact to know that he made you be hot. Made me think of my own little comforting fact. Uh, if you think back to 2007 for the Phillies, uh, you know, Colorado first round, that didn't go so good. It's been about 13, 14 years since the 93 team. So that was the first step till 2008. Uh, here we are sitting today, 13, 14 years later since the World Series champ, and looking that we'll make that next step with a playoff contention this year, which, you know, as you know, a lot of teams need that one step to move further the following year. So I think regardless of what happens in the playoffs, as long as we're there, that's going to solidify some resolve, the guys are going to have a, a good off season, uh, maybe a new full season with Mr. Thompson as our coach, and that to me is pretty inspiring. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because Charlie Manuel is going to be joining us in less than ten minutes, and one of one of the things that I planned to ask Charlie about was what did they gain out of making the playoffs in two thousand seven, even as they got blown out, that helped them in the future, which is really the point you're making. Exactly. So I, if you stick around, I will ask Charlie that question in the very next segment. It is one of the things I was thinking about. You know what I think about when I think about 2007 and the Phillies getting in the playoffs? I got married that weekend. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and uh, our wedding was the Friday night of that weekend series. Cole Hamill struck out like 13 or 14 Washington Nationals, and people kept getting up from the reception to go into the nearby bar area to watch the game. <laughs> and then we were on a plane to our honeymoon on Sunday. I did not see uh, the clinching final game of the season when the Mets lost to the Marlins and then Brett Meyer strikes out whoever he struck out for the, yeah. the final out and all of that. I missed all of that because I was getting married. It's, it's funny because you got to be careful when you schedule weddings. We got a wedding invitation a couple months ago and I looked at it and it's like Sunday, October, and like Sunday, who? schedules a wedding for sunny in October. What are you kidding me? And I went and looked like, oh, it's bye week. Smart. Yeah. And, I t- and I'm friends with the dad, the mom and dad. Actually, uh, they are the uh, brother and sister-in-law of somebody who is on hold right now, Mitchie Tools. It's his, nice. his niece's wedding. Um, right? Am I right? Yes. And um, I said, that was pretty good planning. That it was bye week. And he said, no, they actually didn't plan that. They just got lucky. We we planned. They, planned, they said they planned it a year ago. Our wedding was on a Friday night for two reasons. One, it was a little more cost effective, and two, 
the Eagles, we knew the Eagles would be playing on Sunday. We knew there would be a lot of my colleagues and friends who were sports writers and mm-hmm. media members who'd be covering that game. So right. let's get married on the Friday night right. so that if the Eagles are on the road, Everybody's people will still be able to, to attend the wedding. Little did you know the Phillies would make the playoffs, as he said, for the first time in 14 years. Who knew? Right. I want to get this in before the break because John wants to come at us, and uh, we'll give him a minute to do so. What's the matter, John? Yeah, uh, Just a minute? Come on, guys. John, I, I got I to gotta hit a break. <laughs> I love I, I, you guys. Well, right? well, hold on. Here's and the my, alternative. The alternative, hold on. The alternative is you would like to wait. We can get you on after Charlie Man. You want to wait 20 minutes? No, I don't want to wait that long. Thanks. 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 I appreciate that. But look, and before I forget, um, Mike, uh, maybe you can address this after Charlie Manuel. I'm the guy who wrote to you a couple times. Uh, so you wrote that article about not having a punt returner at all. Yes. I don't know whether that was tongue in cheek, okay, and you were just uh, baiting people to write back. But, I mean, that was the most ridiculous thing I ever read. Don't put anybody back to return. I already told him that. You now have 30 seconds. What's on your mind? I got 30 seconds. So here's what I want to – here's what I really want to address. Why why do Philly media and people continue to talk about people? What do you want to talk about next? That that, uh, uh, McNabb's throwing up in the huddle? Or you want to talk about – McNabb's not playing them this weekend. They're playing Carson Wentz for the first time. Hold on. They are playing Carson Wentz for the first time since he left. He is an – extremely important person in this town in the last 10 years. Ignoring that is just weeks. foolish. You can't wait for this game. Everybody's circling it. Forget about it. Who cares? I Move care. on. You know what, John? Most people care, but thanks for your call. 215-592-9494. Coming up, Charlie Manuel, the skipper with Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack, now on 94 WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.